either we are there or not, ITSB Magazine still gets the best stories. There are plenty of conferences and all sorts of events that spark our curiosity and allow us to start conversations with some of the world's brightest minds. In person or virtually, we sit down with them at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Together, we discover what the synergy of these three elements means for the future of humanity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open-source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. Live with, with proper signals. <laughs> with proper signals and with uh, what I believe to be the real Chloe Mesdagi and the real Philip Wiley. No, are you, are, you, no, uh, are you the one we think you are? No deep fakes yes. here? No, no deep fakes. Granted, there might be a clone of me walking around. <laughs> Interviewing someone else right yeah. now. Well, well, we get it's possible. Real, we get the real one. We get the real one. With as much as she does, she really needs to clone herself. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, listen who is talking, right? I mean, right. This is the, coming from you. Every time I open Twitter, it's like, hey, look at me, selfie. Hey, just talk here. I'm not like, how many of you? <laughs> no, it's so good to see you going around and enjoy this uh, this comeback to the real conference. Although I know you've done many uh, before, but this is. This is yeah, this summer is camp. Level. Philip, yes. how, how does it feel to be back? It feels good because you go to like RSA, you saw some friends there, but most of the people like in Chloe and my circles aren't really so much the people there, but you get to Hacker Summer Camp and you run into a lot of friends and international friends. It was really kind of cool. Had a really cool moment yesterday. A couple of my friends that I've kind of helped mentor and stuff, I was able to introduce them to Jim Easterly yesterday and kind of really made their day and it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. I just got to see a lot of people from the very beginning and constantly, luckily, running into just about everyone that I was wanting to catch up with. Yeah. And, and, and you're inspiring uh, so many people, too. So that, I'm sure. I know. As you are happy to see certain people, many people are very happy to, to get to meet you in person as well. So amazing yeah it's great to really get to meet those people that you don't know that you get to meet that's read the book or listens to the podcast and that sort of thing so it's always great you know you you do this stuff and you think why do i keep doing this but then once you meet those people it's like yeah this is why (laughs) i do it (laughs) absolutely 
for for those who are watching us, probably because they're not there with you. Um, why I, I have a feeling I've been there and I've experienced the transition from Black Hat to DefCon and, and what that what that feels like. Can you and maybe your your perspective too, Chloe? I know we touched on it briefly yesterday, but Phil, your your perspective first. What's that transition like, Black Hat Con to DefCon? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's more Black Hat. This is my first time going to Black Hat, and it's I would say it's more corporate. The people here are more practitioners, more of your technical people. So that's one of the things I love. I mean, there's a good variation of people at, at Black Hat because you'll get corporate types, a lot of different people, sales, marketing, and vendors and stuff. But when you get over here, it's just more, you know, uh, more of the hackers and the, the technical folks. But it's the culture, the friendliness of it. everyone's just welcoming and glad to see each other. And you, it's a a proper theme for this homecoming. It's really more like a family reunion. It's just getting to see people that your community is like your family and getting to see them for the first time, you know, since 2019. Yeah, I'm going to get out. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice. It's so nice. But I think one of the hard parts is like, um, I love the mask mandate, by the way. So when this comment is not against that at all, but you don't know who is who. When you walk in the hallways so you have like the sense of your own uh identity so you feel i feel safe and i love it because i get to like no one knows who i am i'm just walking through and i love that but yeah it's hard because i i i also want to see everyone that i haven't seen for so many years but it's hard to know who's who with the mask on well i'm gonna take this opportunity because i think we've said this story a few times but uh, these two, Chloe and how we met Philip, and that was at okay. uh, RSA conference. And uh, from there, we've kept doing things together, staying in touch, creating podcasts. And, uh, and honestly, we have seen you expand your, your, your fan base so much and all the things you're doing. It's, uh, it's inspiring for us. And we're honored yeah. to have you in the ITSP family as well. So good memory right there. Thinking yeah. about yeah, it's a great memory. Yeah, it was at the Mint, San Francisco. It's great. Sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. and, and, and to remember back to that, I just ran into one of my former students and someone from the Dallas community that I think maybe that she's like in her early twenties, just really amazing person. Uh, actually, working a master's program, but one of the pens you gave me to give my student, one of your ITSP magazine pens, I gave it to her, and she's done such amazing things. She's running our local DefCon group in Dallas. She's speaking conferences she's volunteering and just doing great things in the community inspiring others and just so amazing to see a young woman like that really doing so well you know i look at my career it took me so long to get to where i'm at but to see people that young kind of starting out not being scared to speak in public and all that stuff i mean one of the coolest stories i had was her first b-sides talk was in austin and chloe was actually there and jason haddix was there but the AV equipment wasn't working for Max. And she did a talk on game theory used with security. Her Mac wouldn't work, so she went to the whiteboard and whiteboarded it out. I mean, this someone in their early 20s, I, I, if the stuff wasn't working, I don't know what I would do. I'd just look at my slides, but she just thought, okay, improvise. You know, it's really great. <laughs> that, that's cool. And speaking of speaking, Mr. Speaker, uh, you, you've been doing a bit this week, and I think you have a few more sessions going, if I'm not mistaken. 
at a couple of the villages. Uh, give us a rundown of what you talked about and, and who you spoke to. So, so far, uh, the other day I spoke at the second day and last day of B-Size Las Vegas. I did a talk on uh, pen testing experience and how to get it because, you know, my, my pen tester blueprint book, I touch on some of that, but this really more focuses on just how to get that type of experience, some things I've learned about since the book. So it was really well received. Kat Kathleen Smith that runs the Higher Ground Village there is more of a career type village. So there's some really great things that she's doing for the community. Spoke there. And yesterday I did a sponsor talk for my employer, Cognito, And the talk there was on attack, attack surface management, some of the gaps, how to uh, improve upon those gaps, as well as using uh, the Cognito platform to help uh, make that more easy to eliminate those gaps. And tomorrow in the adversary, uh, adversary village, I'm doing a talk on that's basically more or less the threat actor uh, philosophy and mindset. So, you know, kind of knowing what the enemy is and how that's important to blue teamers as well as the, the, the offensive team, knowing how to emulate those threat actors and being a defender, be able to understand those threat actors to be able to protect against them. Yeah, it's hard, hard to pick which village that would fit in. <laughs> yes, it could have been the red team village too. But yeah. It's... Yep. <laughs> Nice. Well, talking uh, about village, Chloe, you you were just doing a great session with the one of the village, which is I, I think is a very unique village. So tell oh, us yeah. about that. Yeah, so the girls' hacking village is happening over in Flamingo and Virginia Three, and I got to talk with Tanisha, and it was really I think the most interesting thing was that um, the podcast for it basically came out this week about her getting excited and, and, and getting everything going for it. And and then today I talked with her and it's day one of it. So it was just fantastic to see her. And I got to see her in person. I went there earlier to just see if I can record from there. And I was like, okay, we need to at least have one person with stable, like, you know, Wi-Fi of some sort and less sound because it was packed in there, which is a wonderful thing to see. Um, but yeah, awesome village to check out. Yeah, we've, we've had that experience, uh, where I don't know if it's just the number of people in the villages eating up the bandwidth, <laughs> but, yep. uh, getting, getting a good signal, uh, from the villages has been, uh, challenging. So we, we have a couple more villages we're going to talk to today and hopefully we can, we can uh, get, get the streaming well, going. Nobody wants to go on the wall of ship, right? That's no. right. You walk by and, and hope you're not in there. You know, I, I have a question, and this is for both of you because you're so involved in the community. And Philip, you were talking about how when you started, you know, it takes a lot of time to be well known in the community, and you really had to go to this event to say, Hey, I'm here, let me introduce myself. But now you have all this post, both of you is like, oh, I, you know, I, I got to meet this person. But it's, it's a friend already or it's somebody you've mentored remotely or whatever. So do you see this as, a, as an easier way for people to take advantage of social media and the virtual community, the discords and everything, even enjoying the conferences uh, digitally? We just had a conversation not too long ago with a girl from uh, India that uh, she was following the old uh, Black Hat event uh, remotely. So is, 
is there a good and a bad of these uh, social media connection and podcasting, or is it all roses and uh, champagne there? Uh, Philip, what do you think? I think it's synergistic. And one of the things, too, is, you know, connecting with people. You know, one of the things I do is I connect with people on Twitter and LinkedIn, and then we get to meet in person. And so from them seeing you on social media, they're able to recognize and help you connect. Because if you, there are some people you connect with that you'd have to just kind of see them to realize who it is. And so using social media and those other platforms are great. And one of my favorite ways of networking is conferences. That's my favorite way is just nothing. There's nothing like connecting with people in real life. You really can't feel that connection virtually. But when you meet people in person, you can really feel that connection. And I really like that. So I think it's kind of a synergistic effect. And it was really great to have that, especially during the pandemic, because I would have went crazy because, you know, I enjoyed going to conferences. That's one of the things I do for fun. And when that was taken away, if it wasn't for virtual, I'd have been a very depressed person. <laughs> I mean, do you see my hair? Look, I'm going crazy here. I mean... <laughs> At least you got hair. <laughs> well, not as when I was much younger, but it's okay. I, I'm happy with that. Uh, Chloe, same question, but with the diversity and inclusion on it. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, is let's it do helping? this. Is it helping? Um, I want to say that It really depends on your intent, just like on everything, right? When we have, okay. when we're trying to decide who's malicious, who's who's a hacker, it's based on the intent. You use the same things, but it depends on the intent. I think that if you're using it for social good, when you're not doing it for, you know, for your own needs, but you're doing it in a way where you're giving back to the community, especially if you have a voice, you could be an advocate for change and using your platforms to do that is what's needed. So if you are in a spotlight, start helping out more. Start really sharing, resharing, whatever is needed to really make sure that people feel like they belong here and know of resources. So I use social media to share resources or things that I think that the community should know about. Um, any way that I can help people, no matter what their background is, that they have the opportunities, they know of the resources because I remember my first year joining InfoSec and, you know, I was on, I was not really introduced to so like basically Twitter, InfoSec Twitter. I wasn't introduced to it till like almost one year in. Um, but then when I got introduced to it, then I learned of different groups that are supportive of people uh, with my background. And that changed everything. It made me stay in this field. It made me connect with like Phil. It made me connect with so many wonderful people that made me feel like I should stay. And I think that's the thing. Social media, it really depends on the intent you use it. Um, but when we use social media in a sense where we attack each other or we make comments um, based on a miscommunication or projections, and we slam people when they're just trying to do good, you know, it's one of those things like, you don't have to publicly shame someone, DM them instead. So I think those are the things that we can learn is how to be better on social media. Be like, for example, just have this, this is like the perfect way. If it's not something you would say to someone's face and you don't have that feeling to do that, then don't do that publicly on social media. Be a human. There's another human on that other receiving end. Um, but yeah, social media can be totally meant for good. It depends on the intent of the person and what they're posting and how they're also interacting with others. 
And I, I was talking with Tracy uh, Malief, uh, Infosec Sherpa, last night, and she was recapping. I think it was one of the one of the final points from from Chris Krebs' presentation. And I'm going to paraphrase it: No assholes. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's, there's no no tolerance. <laughs> That's a great one. No, no, no tolerance. Uh, there's no room for that here, and uh, we we have to work together and and shore each other up and and help each other out. And yeah, fortunately, I, I think my experience has been that. But uh, perhaps it's the the limited group that I hang out with when I am in in Vegas at Black Hat and DefCon. Maybe I don't put myself in in harm's way that with regard to that. But it, it's easy to get mixed up, and those people exist, and it's hard to deal with when when they serve it. And sometimes, and I've I've seen messages of people saying. Uh, this person I had respect for. And then I heard through the, on the side as I was standing there next to them, this comment be made that totally shocked me and I didn't expect it. So even people you think you, you know, have a tendency to yeah. stray and then fall off the tracks a bit. So, um, and in that case, I don't well, know, compassion to well, some degree. Well, you know what? In, in the long, in the long terms, it, being nice and not being an asshole, bleep. Yeah. I'm blipping myself here. It <laughs> it pays off. And and I think you can tell it, you know, in, in the long run, when you don't fake it just to, you know, like I always talk about diversity and inclusion. Like don't don't do marketing on diversity and inclusion. That pissed me off. And don't do marketing right. on other things that are relevant like that. And keep to be yourself. And in the long run, you're gonna know it if somebody's been faking it or not. I mean, I give an example like Philip. I mean, he has already what 74 podcasts and he has a line of people that want to go and talk to him. And I listen to almost every single one of that, and he is just himself. And Chloe, yeah. so are you. And I hope I come like that as well, oh, yeah. you know. So you're not masking. No one's masking here on this call. <laughs> exactly. So that I think that's the, that's the lesson because the real you is going to come out, and uh, you know there's yeah. so much that you can hide either in even if you hide behind a, a profile picture that smile and you're, you know, you're not a smiley person. We'll we'll see it. We'll <laughs> we'll yeah. notice, right? So yeah, incredible. yeah, definitely on that one. So and just kind of on the topic of, of diversity and all that stuff too. One of the things I like is, is I am an ally, but I don't go around. That's not on my Twitter profile. That's not on yeah. LinkedIn. You prove it. If you're an ally, you're going, people will see it through your actions. If you're a nice yes. person, people will see it. If you're an expert, people are going to see it through your actions and not, you know, don't say you are and you're not just, and for anyone, if you are just show it in actions, you know, Absolutely. Other, other people, yeah, prove it. Don't just say it, you know. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. I have to admit, like, the horror stories that I've heard in the past few years of people that have marginalized in this community, the reason that they wanted to leave or they took a break away or they actually left the field was because they had these people that were, quote, unquote, mentors for them, um, but they wanted something in return or they used them to prop themselves up higher and kept saying, like, this is, you know, if this is this woman that I helped get her start in career and it, but in reality behind scenes, he wanted to date her. And these are things that have happened. And so, yeah, Phil is a hundred percent spot on on that. When we have people like I'm an ally or, you know, it's like, I want to see actions. 
I don't want to see words anymore. I want to see actions because now every time someone says they're an ally, you know, for some folks that might be triggering because of their experiences, because they see these people on these platforms being allies when in reality behind scenes, they're doing it for their own greed. Yep. Yep. And well, let me, let me ask okay. this then is yeah, go for it, Marco. Cause he, so putting, putting labels or not putting labels, I'm just wondering, and maybe Chloe, this goes to you. How does one then present themselves as willing to help? Say, for example, I'm Sean Martin and I'm here to help form, <laughs> connect, do whatever. What do you need? What do you need? Like at the end of the day, when you go up to someone, you're like, how can I help you? What do you need? How can I connect you with these people? That's being an ally. Being an ally is someone who is not, not stating the title of, all of over the, the place. Twitter, Twitter. You know, that I'm an ally. Yeah. Allies is, is a being of, you know, wanting to make a difference, a change, and knowing that it's not for your own way to build clout at the end of the day. I don't know, Phil, if that's how you see it too. But for me, it's just like, just go up to someone and be like, hey, how can yeah. I help you? Who can I connect you with? That's how you be an ally. I t totally agree. And one of the things I do in a lot of my talks, especially when it's on a how to get in the industry or career help type thing, a lot of times I always say, you know, if you need a mentor or someone to talk to, send me a DM on Twitter or LinkedIn. I'm happy to have a Zoom call with you and help you. And if it's something, I don't know, I've had a lot of people want to get in other areas of cybersecurity I didn't know about we'd connect and I would share resources with them or people that do know how to do it. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, and this is a good point too. It's not, yeah. We can't do everything ourselves, right? But to having that network that you've been in the industry or you've been doing, I don't know, a ton of podcasts or gone to a ton of conferences and, and mentor a lot of people or being involved in the community, I think I'm kind of embracing everybody here. I think it comes with the big power that we don't understand that we have. And I'm not trying to be Superman here because I'm not, but I say that to everyone. I wish I had the audience that a lot of other people have, but what you need to be responsible of is that even if I think one person is listening to me and I can change that person' feelings and attitude towards this industry or anything else, you need to have to feel that responsibility and uh, and and. Uh, when people don't do that or instrumentalize that, that's that's the big problem, and uh, it's it's not gonna go well. Um, anybody wants to add on these? Otherwise, oh, I, I was just gonna say, like, people, <laughs> if you want to help, you know, and all that, you gotta get used and comfortable of having uncomfortable conversations. At the end so, of the day, that's how you have change is by having those uncomfortable conversations, and I think that's the thing that we have to always remind ourselves. You don't have to share your personal life on those things, but you have to be ready to listen to uncomfortable conversations. So then you're able to learn and see how you can help that person, but also for you to learn from them too. I agree. And, and the whole listening thing is really key there. Don't just act like you're listening, listen to what they're saying. And that's, that's really key. That's a, the, the best way you can help someone. In some cases I've run into people I mentored that had, some loss in their family going through something really difficult. I had someone I was mentoring at one time and we came, we met up around the time that he was going through some marital problems, which led to a divorce. I knew that's where it was going, but I was his person to talk to about his family problems, his marital problems. So he had that person to talk to. So 
a lot of cases, and that's one of the things I really like about this too. I like helping people career-wise, but ultimately just helping other people is key. So if I can help someone through a hard time, sometimes that's just, you know, that is just as rewarding as helping someone get their first job. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, being there, I I know we talk, for example, uh, on the chats of the road on the road to Black Hat. We talked to uh, Stacy Tyre. She was having a conversation about burnout. Uh, a Black Hat uh, named trying to be everything to everyone. Let's talk about burnout. Yeah. And uh, and then you know she made some interesting point about learning how to find the signs of burnout where you don't. You, where you're less expected, like maybe it's in the bottom drawer because you don't want to, you don't want to see it, right? <laughs> and your, and these talks are there. doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that somebody else's signs, right? Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe you need another person to maybe say, "Hey, are you doing okay?" Right? So yeah. because maybe you have that self-defense mechanism that you know you don't see it, right? So my, my point here is the human element. Do you feel like there is? something new again in these trucks in the way that the conference both black hat and defcon are are moving are we are we making progress um honestly uh, i see your face but for those that are, <laughs> that are listening to the podcast chloe has something to say <laughs> i mean like you know it's a sad i i laugh because i'm also like it's sad, right? Because like, yeah. this has literally been a conversation since before the pandemic and here we are today. Mm -hmm. And then you have these conversations where people are like, I don't know what to do. We have a staff shortage. Oh, I don't know why we don't have more representation at this conference, or I don't know why we have this problem. And it's like, look around, ask people, talk to people, ask them, how are they doing? How can things be better? That, that it's very so simple it's such a human situation at the end of the day and taking action okay you first you listen actively and then you take action and if you don't know where to even get started start talking to other people that are also working on that problem and learn from them and just continue to learn you're going to make mistakes that's when you know you're making change too by the way it's when you're going to make mistakes along the way but you're also learning everyone's always constantly learning and we have to just be aware of that. People are going to make mistakes. Don't get upset at them. Just know, like, they're working on it. They have accountability. If they have accountability, awesome. That means they're going to do some, they're definitely going to make a difference eventually. Yeah, I think the, it's kind of connected, Mark. We were on with uh, Saman Fatima from, uh, from India this morning. And uh, she's a data engineer started off in, in uh, DevOps and has a passion for cybersecurity and three different things. But she, she mentioned she's constantly learning and constantly transforming. It's a continuous transformation. And a lot of that you can tell she's out seeking this information, but she's also embracing whatever is coming her way too and, and, and taking with her what she can and being open to to those things yeah. and and not being afraid to change and take new journeys and new steps. I mean, it's great. I've had two conversations with her now. She's incredible, and a uh, breath of fresh air is what I said said to her this morning. And you can just see that that she's not afraid to 
put yourself out there and, and to be vulnerable and accept change and then to pursue those uncomfortable things for many, probably herself included, uh, to do better for herself. And then she's also giving back to the community and all the things she's doing as well. So, um, yeah, super cool. She's Phil, overall, oh, go for it. Oh, go ahead, Chloe. Oh, I was just going to say, just a reminder for everyone, the more you learn, the more you feel you don't learn, know anything. And that's okay. It's going to be uncomfortable. That's the reality. The more you learn, the more you're going to be like, wow, I don't know anything. I thought I knew a lot, but I don't know anything. <laughs> it's humbling and it's scary, but embrace it. That means that you're on the right track. Greek philosopher said this many, many, many years ago. And uh, I want to connect with this with Philip because, I mean, you have people on the show that come from different walk of life talking about changing. Every time I see the title of one of your podcasts, it says, I don't know, intelligent in the military or somebody that's like doing Tank something driver. completely different. Yeah, or not even military. I think you have people that do the most disparate jobs before before they enter to this. But but also, so you always invite people to say, embrace this change. If you want to give it a chance to, to cybersecurity, there is room. And you don't say, yeah, sure, but uh, show me your qualification in terms of, you know, five years experience and, and certificates and PhDs and all that kind of stuff. But there is also another thing, and you, we we still need to do a podcast together. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out publicly here when we talk about what do we learn from the student, like as a teacher, what you learn from the student. I think we were on with Tracy, me, you, and Tracy uh, in Cossack Sherpa when we talk about that. So I want to know your perspective on this. When you hear these stories, how much it makes you a a better or more motivated teacher? Yeah, definitely. And one of the things, just learning some of the other things from others, and that's the way I've kind of revised and developed some of my conference talks and even my book. There's things you learn along the way, and there's things I learned after I wrote the book, but just taking that advice that I gained from uh, my guests, and I'll use that in new uh, talks that I do, just some of the tips they gave. Uh, one example was someone had wrote a, a blog post on finding CVEs to get experience to get into pen testing. And that's something I integrated into my talk, just learning these different things and, and the different people's opinions on certifications and their different opinions on how to get started in the industry is really, really great. And one of the things I really like to like to do is starting out, most of the people I have are really experienced on my show, but I've really found that people that are just getting started, even some people I've had on that weren't even in yet that were preparing, people learn a lot from those and they kind of encourage them to get started because because you have someone like uh, Alyssa Knight or Dave Kennedy that are super uh, successful, had you know multiple businesses. When you see that, you know it's like a kid trying to play basketball. You see Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan; they can think maybe I'll never be like that, but they can see one closer to like themselves, more relatable. Then they see it's easy that they can do it themselves. So having someone to encourage them that way, like having absolute beginners, but then when someone's been in the industry for twenty years, if they're not actively mentoring. They may not really understand what it's like to get into the industry now. Yeah, excellent points, Phil. And then I'm glad you glad you brought that up, Marco. Um, yeah, I try when in, in the redefining security episodes uh, that we pull together. I try to get people that aren't always the uh, the, the, the quote unquote celebrities. <laughs> 
that uh, those that that haven't spoken at a conference yet, those that that haven't been on a podcast yet, but but are part of a program, right? And they have experiences just like everybody else, um, trying to bring security to the business. And some of those are the most interesting conversations because they're you can see in their head, well, how did I actually do that, right? And they're not trying to be something they're not. They're just talking about their program and how they experienced it and what they got out of that program. And it comes out very natural. So, um, I love it. And Chloe, I know you have to run. Um, yeah, we're going to run one, as one well. Quick thing, yeah, we, though. Yes, please. One quick thing. If you're attending DEF CON, go to DEF CON policy at 4 PM. I will be on a panel there. It will not be recorded due to privacy and security concerns. It's the first time that I've ever done this before this type of panel. And it has election officials will be on there and people from the hacker community talking about how do we build bridges to secure our elections. So go ahead and check it out. It is, I wish I could tell you who's speaking, but I cannot, but I can tell you that list. It's the most, I'm yeah, you have to go to see it. Yeah. If that's something of interest <laughs> to anyone and it's an hour and a half long um, but no recordings are allowed. Photos are not allowed. Nothing because of what will be discussed. Nice. Well, Wonderful. you always get into the cool stuff and the important stuff, Chloe. So uh, I'm glad to hear that. We, we've we tweeted, or I certainly have tweeted a bunch of things from the Policy Village uh, in the last day or two, including today. So check my Twitter. You'll see it. Or I think it's just, uh, well, yeah, check my Twitter, maybe Chloe's Twitter as well. You'll find out where it is. But uh, Policy Village at DEF CON. All right. Well, uh, thank you both for thank being you. there and, and for continuous uh, joining us, Chloe and, and Phil. It's great to see you and uh, all the good things you're doing this week. Keep up the good work. And uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us for this live stream. We uh, are going to have a couple more to go, a couple of villages and a few more chats uh, on the books. So stay tuned here with us. and uh, We'll catch you all later. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone. Peace uh, out. Thank you, guys. Love you. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open-source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at CrowdSec.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our on-location conversation. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. 
you can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.